of the Podpunk podcast, where this time I am joined by Helen Taylor from Manchester's best up-and-coming punk rock band and one of the best-named bands in all of music, It Smoking Gives You Big Tits. Helen joins me to discuss the band, her inspirations, the UK punk scene, the tall order of opening up for the first Manchester Punk Festival after COVID, and for me, what an incredible triumph it was. Uh, Cat Soap Operas, Band Mashups, Dolly Parton and the Weird Rabbit Hole who went down there, Horton Hoof and Evil Picnic Nights uh, that we have up here in Greater Manchester, questionable early nineties music, uh, the band's next steps, and loads, loads more. Helen was an absolutely awesome guest, and Smoking Gives You Big Tits are definitely a band to get in on the ground floor with because even though, as Helen explains, the band is there um, mainly to be... Uh, fun and have a laugh they 100% have a very bright future in my opinion uh they're not doing any gigs until next year but you can follow the band on instagram and facebook at smoking gives you big tits and you can check out their band camp which is just smoking gives you big tits.bandcamp.com where you can get music merch and all that lovely stuff now before we get to the chat with helen here's a little taster of what smoking gives you big tits are all about it's the wonderful song bang to rights so enjoy the song enjoy the chat with helen and i'll catch up with you after Cause divided, we're distracted So they can't change the 
Disingenuous because I know who you are, and uh, but I'm I'm introducing you to an audience rather I than th- I can't. Maybe maybe what you should do is um, let's both pretend that we have never spoken or met before, and then do the introduction and see if that's any better. Might not be, but yeah, chat. No chances are I just leave this chat as well. <laughs> <laughs> just introduce it because uh, I'm joined by Helen from Smoking Gives You Big Tits, the epically named Smoking Gives You Big Tits. How are you? I'm good, yeah. Glad to be here. Even though we've been talking for 15 minutes about random stuff. Yes. But we're, we're, as... This is the start, though. The podcast illusion is that you've just sat down... Literally now. And we've just that, Yes, that's how it's happened. We yeah. haven't spoken about anything at all. Nothing. And this is the second podcast that I've done with a human being in front of me that's not computer wow. screeny. Oh, okay. Uh, since the world ended. Since time began. Yeah. So right. this is also very weird because, like, I did a podcast with um, the Devil Wears Prada in the Ritz, oh. and that was weird. Do you know Ritz? The Ritz has got like a backstage area and like a dress, a bunch of dressing rooms and stuff. Nope, I did nope. not know that. Didn't know either. Oh wow, what are they like? Um, horrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would imagine them to be like: sticky, horrible, yeah. dated, yeah. but joyous at the same time. Probably it's it's grungy. Like it's a dirty venue for that. Grungy, yeah. you know. That's the nice word. And. <laughs> If you've ever been on a night out there for like, did you? Uh, I've, I'm not supposed to ask this, of course, but how, how old are you? I am 38. 38, so you're a year younger than I am. And you must have got, did you ever do Monday Night at the Ritz? I didn't, you know. You know what, right? first time, this is, is outrageous. The first time I went in the Ritz ever was a few y- years ago to watch me first in the Gimme Gimme. It's just never happened, right, right. and I don't, I don't understand why. Oh. I went out to Satan's Hollow. Uh, <laughs> what were the other ones called? Rock oh, World and Rock Kitchen. Yes, yes. Although, but I never went to the Ritz. Wow, it See, was as as sticky and naff as I expected it to be. But that was the first time I went, which must have been like 2019 or 2018. Wow, yeah, yeah. I think I actually was at that uh, me first and Gimme Gimme's with uh, King Prawns. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. What year building. was it? Quick test. We just said before it this. Was before it was before the COVID. So yes. that's, that's all I can remember. Which makes me think it was 2019, <laughs> but I might be wrong. It could be 2018. It could very well be. The last gig I went to before the COVID was uh, <laughs> Slipknot. Oh, right. That's Slipknot at the arena. That's so a good one. There's that. No, actually, tell a lie. I went to see a band called Raiders um, a little bit after that, I think. But th- the last gig I remember, I, I don't recall stuff either. Like, it's kind of. You just got, yeah, it's that we're at that age. You have to write things <laughs> down or. Get Facebook memories to remind you, and that Facebook you go, oh memories. God, I forgot I did that. Cheers, cheers to the meta. <laughs> I can't remember what the last gig was that I watched before, before COVID. 
What was the I first gig you watched when you came back? Do you remember? Yes, I do. Because that's where I met Scott, my boyfriend. All oh, right, okay, okay. Which was it? It was at um, it was a it wasn't a horn and hoof. It was one of um, Baz's gigs at the Bank Top. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what the uh, I can't remember what they were called because my memory doesn't function anymore. Fair. But it was a t- it was a two day thing. But I went on the Saturday. Uh-huh. It was very overwhelming, um, but amazing at the same time. Yeah just like sensory overload and be like we're allowed to be near people didn't like that personally like i went to th- the first gig i did back was raiders oddly enough okay. they were playing at uh night people and it was down in a basement oh that's and going hardcore we were da- i remember just being stood at the bar and there being people there and hating every second of the gig from then on in Oh, and you can't get a, a getting out of a basement gig. You can't just nip out. See if you're at the yeah. bank top in Oldham, you can just nip outside and just just have a little stand in Mecca Bingo car park for a few <laughs> minutes, acclimatise yourself to the situation, and go back in. So that's what I did. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Mecca Bingo is gr- such a British. It's gr- um. yeah, it's great. <laughs> and the 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 site of the um, some of the Hello and Hoof fastest punk alive. If you've seen any of that, this film yes. without risk assessment in Brilliant. that car park. Yeah. <laughs> They're a crazy <laughs> gang. They're a crazy gang. Like ev- anyone listening to this who doesn't hasn't listened to that, uh, watch that. Sorry, uh, what's it called again? Hello, who Hoon- haunted? Oh Hoon, no, don't it? don't listen to it. It's a load of shit. No, do listen to it. It's <laughs> hilarious. A load of shit. It's hilarious shit. Like and that's Danny what you Barrett want. is an absolute. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. No, it's awful. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've been on it. You should be. <laughs> I know. Um, what are you going to say about this after you've done it? <laughs> no, no. It's, uh, Look, if you if you're gonna come out with lots of false accusations about me okay. and you know frame me <laughs> for shooting a member of another band, then I might have some bad words to say. But if not, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll. So you've gone on record that you didn't do that. I didn't. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> did you not do it like O.J. Simpson didn't do it, or did you not do it? <laughs> I actually can't talk any further about this because I have to get legal representation. So it's not a problem. Um, it's not a problem. We could just cut this out. We can. We can. we can. We can. We can. So. <laughs> Tell us um, a little bit then about uh, your journey into uh, punk rock. How, what was your sort of uh, gateway into it? Because everyone's got a really cool story, I find. So oh, what, what, I don't, but I can tell you mine anyway. Go on. Um, I suppose it's sort of like second time around. So when I was like sort of 15, 16, and you know, I, I wanted to be in a band, and there were people I knew setting up bands, and I just wasn't the right fit for anybody. I don't know whether it's because I was a pain in the ass or whether people didn't want a female front front woman. But I always just say it's because it, they didn't want you know female fronted band, and they weren't ready for for me. But it could have been my personality. Um, anyway, <laughs> so at that point, like there was no avenues for me. Um, so I just loved going out, like listening to music, that kind of stuff. But I was never in a band myself. And then I joined. Um, there's like a, a jazz big band. Okay. Um, basically, if I'm honest, because no one else would have me. Aww. And I was like, oh, God, I'll do this. And actually, it was a lot of fun. And it made me realise that like, you can get enjoyment from music from lots of different genres, even if it's not something you'd necessarily listen to all the time. Sure. And I think that's definitely carried on through stuff that I'm doing now. Um, so I did that, uh, a band called The Manager's Big Band, which is still going, incredibly. Um, did that for seven years mm-hmm. and then I was like I think I've just had enough of this we started doing weddings and I was you know it started be, you know instead of being in pubs where it, it was it was fun and it was messy it was like people were expecting you to be well behaved and it, it to be you know good and <laughs> I, I just wasn't up for that at all um so yeah but then 
few years later, I was like, you know what? Why don't I set up my own band instead of joining? Why don't I set up my own band? Anyway, it's not that easy to do. Um, but no. <laughs> <laughs> and five people. But um, my my friend Jonesy, who now plays guitar, plays Milk and Bridge Big Tits. Um, he was like, well, you know, we could do, we could, do. and he was in the manager's big band as well. Um, and he was incredibly talented musically. And he was like, we could just do some music stuff together. You know, what do you want to do? We could do some open mic nights. We could do you know covers of stuff and um it, it just started through that and i was like well wh- i didn't know what i wanted to do but mm. i wanted to do something that was fun and only that and that is what smoking bitch big tits is about it's it's about fun and if we're you know we're not uh, you might have guessed by the name we're not looking to get anywhere we're looking right. to uh, everything that we do is informed by is this going to be fun is this going to be uh, enjoyable because the well the other guys who are in the band are all um, you know some other bands and they're actually decent musicians as well and um but so this is the band where it's like we just get to have fun you don't have to do things you know if you if you mess up a note or something it's not about that it's about yeah. just enjoying it so um I just went out and watched loads of bands went and watched loads of gigs loads of stuff on the in the lo- local Manchester uh, punk scene and um and just music scene in general, and just lapped it up, and was like, "Right, what what does this make me want to do?" So that's yeah, that's the story, really. I suppose. Yeah. So, what, what, what getting into the Manchester punk scene bands, then, what, what who do you remember? Like, who you saw in like those early days when you started going first, and who yeah. got you? Who got you really into it? Yeah, so I dived in head first. Um, so I went to Manchester Punk Festival in two thousand nineteen. Okay. Yes, yeah, that was my, my first, first one. Was it really? My first one as well, yeah. What, did you enjoy it? Loved it. It's incredible, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Return. I've, I've, sorry, I'm going to. I just. This yeah. The anecdote I always tell. I've told this story a bunch of times, so sorry if anyone listening to this has heard this story before. But um, basically, I used to be in a band back in the early 2000s that fell apart. I um, was very uh, arrogant at the time and really thought a lot of myself and my band. Never which is believe a horrible your own hype. I know it's Never a horrible thing to get into. Any of the hype that you see, don't believe it. Absolutely, and you you end up doing <laughs> things like you get bitter about other people getting like opportunities. Oh, that's the beginning of the end. Yeah, isn't and it? it was just it was just uh, towards the end for me, it was a miserable experience. Mm. I really like found it miserable. And then when we broke up, and we only bro- we broke up because members of the band got kids and yeah. did stuff. It wasn't like a bad thing. We were gonna we would it have carried on. Yeah, exactly. And then I went, I joined other bands, didn't quite fit, didn't enjoy it, and stopped uh, listening to, playing music. And then I started slowly but surely, like, even going out and seeing bands. Mm. Like, I didn't hear anything new for years, and, you know, just had no interest or or passion for it. I start dating Anna, and she goes, come to MPF. And we went that year, and the first band I saw were a band called Suggestive Friends, who sadly aren't together anymore. And I was just like, this is awesome. And it was, there yeah. was, um, I think it was three, three women and one bloke, I think. If I, I can't remember exactly what the ratio is. There was, uh, and they were just. There were some people in a band. Smile, but they were all happy. And they were smiling <laughs> and enjoying they themselves. It. Yeah, and they really the enjoyed thing. it. And yeah. then the next band I saw was Faintest Idea. And then I saw yeah. Call Me Malcolm. Oh. And then, you know, and then the levels just kept yeah. going. You know what I mean? And from that moment on, I was like, I need to get back into this somehow, which is why I do this. Is literally oh, going incredible. to MPF is the reason why I do this, and I, I, I it's amazing, isn't it? I think the energy that's that's at MPF and around it surrounds it inspires so much 
similar to because I I had the same kind of inspirational moment at MPF. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was so I was going there because um, a friend of mine was playing um, in, a, in in a band who were doing a they were they were doing an after show at Havajan. Um, oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, And so it said, well, do you want to? I was like, yeah, I'd love to come along. I don't really know anybody else who listens to this sort of music anymore, you know, or, or goes out. Like people are. My friends have all sort of settled down. They don't really go out, sure. you know, watching gigs. So we went along, and I just was like, "This is amazing!" And I, I, I just thought that the, it was the energy, and I think that you know, since well, obviously there's only been one since then, and, and and we played at that, and that was incredible. But the energy of it is, it, it was at both is the same. It was like this. Um, any. I feel like any gig that you've been to see a band before is like stepped up a few tiers. Yeah, like yeah, it, yeah. It, it, uh, and you know that uh, energy around it, the the audience is also kind of bounced back by the band as well. So it, I feel like it's one of the best times to go and see a band is when they're when they're playing that. I know it's yeah. very general, um, but yeah. So I, I mean, Millie Manda's really stuck in my mind. She absolutely blew I saw my her socks as well. off. She was tremendous. That, but I I saw that and was like, oh my god. This is a woman, and she's doing what I want to do, and like she's incredible, and I, and I, and it's not just, um, you know, it's not just a, a going, and there's nothing wrong with this kind of going up and screaming, it, but she's also singing as well. She's <laughs> doing she's doing all sorts of things vocally, and that just really made me think. I really want to do this. Yeah. I really, really want to get back and do music, and I don't care whether it's goes anywhere or whether anyone listens to it I ju- it just needs to c- i need to get it out if that makes sense sure sure yeah so yeah after a couple of days of that i felt pumped up and i was like right okay so um i'm gonna go and watch some some bands and i'm gonna go and watch them uh whether there's other people there or not not like as a night out thing i'm gonna go and that's what i did and i realized the more that i went out and went out to watch watch a band look at what was on or I'd met a couple of people through MPF and they'd said, well, I'll send you invites for, for stuff. And um, just went out and watched bands and saw um, just, uh, you know, things like, bands like Incisions stuck in my mind mm-hmm. from the early days because of their energy. And the way, you know, their, the, mu- the sort of music that they do isn't the sort of thing that I would want to do myself, but I feel like they've inspired me a lot and Bruce Control more recently in sure. the same kind of way because they've just got this they're just fierce and they've mm. got this energy and it, it and it and it um just bleeds out into the whole audience and wh- regardless of what sort of music you're you're doing i, I feel like you you want to captivate your audience like that sure um but then yeah there was like the millimanders where vocally i was like this is incredible but there was just so much there i thought and it made me realize that there was so much actually out there in the music scene not not just at this you know, MPF festival, and to go out and see those bands that are on on like a Monday, a Tuesday, or wherever. Um, if you can get yourself out there, that's I think that's often where you see these incredible bands that are around. You find you find these gem these hidden gems going to do stuff like that. Uh, the yeah. Mighty Boss Mouse are uh, a Scottish band that I just adore. That I saw at MPF, and it was literally like um, a lull in our. Um, plan you know for going to venues yeah so what we all do and we still do this we did it at the last mpf as well is you go zombie shack and i recommend this to anyone who goes to mpf if you have like an hour where none of the bands that you've come to see or anywhere yeah go there 
Because you will find something that will blow your mind. It'll be the heaviest thing you've heard. It'll be the most alternative thing you've heard. Yeah. Experimental thing you've heard. Mm. But you'll find something amazing. And mine was the Boss Mags. Cause, and I've been a huge fan of them ever since. And it was the weirdest band. Uh, they had a guy dressed like all odd that whose only job was to walk up and down the crowd and shout words at people. Oh, incredible. A guy playing like, uh, <laughs> which reminds me of you a little bit, playing a cowbell. Just out of random, they had like glockenspiels and all that sort of stuff. But it was really heavy punk. Oh, all, awesome. I love all that. mixed in a beautiful gumbo of like a vocalist and lead singer who was just, rem- like reminded me of the singer from System of a Down almost. Like that kind of yeah. flip, you know, going all over the place. And that is the, the kind of things that you find going out. Yeah. Like, and which is, I guess, something where you kind of come from. Yeah, exactly, and I think um, I think that's a great tip actually, because Zombie Shack has maybe some of the lesser well-known bands in, but they're still going to be incredible. Um, and yeah, I, I agree with that. I think it's I think just go and see anything, and you're mm. gonna you're gonna discover something. Um, but yeah, you, it, I think the little I do like the small venues though yeah. as well, especially if you manage to get in somewhere and it's been. You know, it, it's full at capacity, and you think you're going to experience something special here. You just know. I think um, that that was one of the things. So we, we'll talk about. Let's talk about MPF and your performance and your thing. So you opened the festival. Yes. What a what a delight. <laughs> like what a what a, a gig. A privilege. Yeah. I, and I'll, I, this is. I've said this when I spoke to the guys at uh, Till I'm Bones, um, and I meant it. Like you were the highlight of my year for that festival. Oh my god! You, t- you guys, what, genu- a, you what a thing to say! Thank I'm you. Genuinely <laughs> serious. Me and me and my partner were both just like after afterwards. We w- we finished the festival and we're just like, you know, you have the best band conversation, and you guys were the best band for us. I think we were lucky where we were placed. It's like your first drink of a night. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so you 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 have a you have your first drink and you're like, oh, and and I think everyone was so ready and not to downplay what you've just said because I really appreciate you saying that. No, it's, I know. It yeah. is not. It's lovely you said that, but I do also <laughs> recognise that. You know, we MPF was supposed to be on in twenty twenty. It wasn't twenty twenty one. It wasn't twenty twenty two. People were so everyone was so ready for that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I do feel a bit like it was the the first drink of a you know you, you, you the the first thing of the uh, best night. <laughs> it, it, and it was electric. Everyone was really engaged because you know obviously you know being in bands yourself sometimes uh, audiences are really engaged. Sometimes they're not. Mm-hmm. Everybody was engaged. It, yeah, it was an incredible experience yeah and i think that that's again coming away from it with remembering bits of your band as well because i the only thing i'd really seen of you guys beforehand was a version of your limbistic cover like i'd seen that on like a a facebook video or something someone filmed it and whatnot hadn't heard your stuff and then i remember like the best thing about <laughs> Maggie is the fact that she's dead. It's kind of like I remember lyrics. <laughs> I remember how that song goes, and I've heard it once. That was the first song we wrote. Really? Yes. <laughs> right. So you know, obviously, yeah. I get why. But like, when you're writing this stuff and stuff, have you got like, do you do you, do you, do you want to put a political agenda in, or are you just kind of? It's been really just being free about it. It's like, been really interesting how this is, the music has developed because. It started out that we did covers mm-hmm. and we played around with doing covers um, and the Limp Biscuit cover was never supposed to be part of the set and in fact two weeks before we I was like I think we need to open with this and don't ask me why I was like I just think we do we w- it was supposed to be an acoustic act that's what we got booked for yeah. it, it was an acoustic stage in the end it wasn't because they had so many acts that weren't 
I don't really need to do this. But we wanted to move away from that. And we, I feel like, so we, the music writing tends to fall into two camps and it, it's just, it hadn't directed it this way, it's just happened. It's either ridiculous <laughs> or it's angry and political and some of them are both at the same time. Sure. And it's often something where, and again, it's this thing about you've got to enjoy it where I'm like, right, I really want to write a song that has kazoo harmonies in it and I want there to be a heavy bit in it and the kazoos and I want there to be a contrast and I don't know what that is and we, we're like right okay we'll keep that in mind keep that in mind and then all of a sudden um, a song pops up and I'm like oh uh, uh, he's not Tokus from Neighbours that's yeah. that's that's the um, that's the song um, so yeah it, it, there, it often comes about because um, there are there's a hook or there's a certain word or there's a phrase or there's a uh, that I find enjoyable or I think um, is amusing mm. um, or I'm really angry about something and yeah. I'm like right or I want to try out something different vocally and I'm and it just fits so yeah. there's, lo- there's absolutely loads of these untied ends there's probably about 30 or 40 at the moment that are like there's a phrase I'm like I really want to be able to scream that phrase but it's got to work in a song so I'll leave that there for now Um so yeah, that that's where it's sort of gone to, and I know that most people, unless you've seen some live videos or you've been to see us, because we've not got that much recorded at the moment, um, maybe don't really realise what we're about. But mm-hmm. we, that's why we've got to get <laughs> recorded an album, which we're trying to get finished, which is nearly finished. Oh, cool! I was going to ask about wh- when we're going to hear that sort of stuff soon. But when are we going to hear it? When are we hearing uh, it? <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed to be for the end of this year, but I think that was ambitious, um, and I think it's going to be early next year. Um, it's ninety percent recorded at the moment. There's some bits that need doing, but then you know, obviously, it needs all the other jazzy stuff. Yeah, sort of. And stuff I don't understand. I don't either. That's <laughs> why I just said the jazzy stuff and did that with my hands. Um, <laughs> and we're doing it all ourselves. Yeah. Um, so it, it's. I mean, J- Jonesy, who's um, sort of do mixing it or whatever it's called. <laughs> the bit at the end, <laughs> right? Um, like he has done stuff like this before, but not necessarily the sort of music that we do or right, right. like when we've been trying to there's some kind of death metal screaming stuff that we're doing in um he's not tokish yeah and we've had a lot of fun trying to record that and make it sound big mm. um but i like that we're doing it ourselves and we're not you know going to the studio or getting somebody else involved it feels right i don't know why it just does because it, it's fun it's been really good fun partly because we don't know what we're doing <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's part of it though it's got to be fun and i think that will i mean obviously i've not heard it so this is just sort of spitballing but i admit i am like a lot of my favorite albums are ones that are just sort of recorded randomly almost Mm. so you know it's probably going to have that vibe of the fun and the inexperience and the stuff but learning as you go and yeah but that combined just makes it like like feel real almost yes and that that's i think one of the key things is we want it to feel real and authentic if that if that makes sense because that's what the the songs that are on it that we've written uh were about they're all um i actually didn't really i was wondering for a while i was like how can this come together as a set it doesn't make any sense it's not like this song isn't like that song that song isn't like this song and then in the end i was just like we're just gonna play it in this order and do it Um, good though that's good that not well, yeah, every, you know, you don't have like. There's only so many like I. I don't like band necessarily watching band where every single song's like, you know, the same feel of vibe yeah. or whatever. Every track you've got to do variation again. Another reason I think you guys stood out was because a lot of bands kind of fall into that trope, and you guys just 
absolutely don't. It's by accident. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, uh, yeah, we just sort of rolled with it. Um, it's it's It has grown organically and the stuff we've written has as well. So mm. I don't know don't know where it's going to go but it's d- it does seem to fall into those two camps it's either ridiculous or political or bit of both fair fair because it, it, it's interesting you were saying before about um like no one wanting like you potentially as a, or a female fronted band mm. that phrase has started to dwindle as well and i think mm. that's something that comes from not just me- um mpf but all the like there's a lot of mpfs around the um around the UK there's Till the Fest there's you know th- there's yeah. all these different there's Rebellion uh, if you want to go bigger scale and stuff where the, the kind of thing of the, I- the the ideas of old and the kind of mindset of old is mm. very much being quashed and it's like people like Millie Manders for example r- like inspire you or they inspire mm. like another band or like um, In Evil Hour for example inspired the hell out of me and I'm looking at this like as a as an old like I, I'm I'm a 39 year old man so I still have um and I'm I'm completely open with this I have sexism in my head because of years and years of it being pumped into my head so like um I, if you watch something from back in the day oh this, this is the story sorry <laughs> have you ever seen the film Waiting with Ryan Reynolds I probably have does he play himself like he does in every film he is himself like he is in every <laughs> film he's Van Wilder and everything can't, I can't I can't remember it so basically the premise of it is it's it's uh, a ryan reynolds uh, gross out comedy based in a um restaurant okay and it's got um it's got is it f- new? no 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 this is from th- this is the point it's from back in the day it's oh from right, the okay. early 2000s it's one of his first sort of breakthrough roles okay. and i need to go and watch this well you or might not, not after i tell <laughs> this so <laughs> we end up so we, 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 it's during covid it appears on amazon plus I remember this film. Let's watch it. Honey, this is a great film. You've got to watch this. So oh, funny. No. And it's one of those films where if you're a... a, a like, th- one of the through jokes through the whole thing is every single person who... Wor- or virtually every bloke that works in the restaurant wanting to sleep with the 15-year-old girl who works as the, res- as the oh, greeter no. at the restaurant. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then there's, like, all these other things about, like, all this really, like, sexist jokes and all this horrible stuff. And I'm sat there, like... <laughs> as a 38 year old who learnt better and figured stuff out going with my partner next to me is going find this funny do you <laughs> you know it's and it's yeah, it's, it's kind of getting sorry the point the, th- sorry, the point I'm trying to get into is like it's getting taken away and it's brilliant and I think things like MPF the way that the attitude of like something simple like the bathrooms where it's kind of just it's intergendered like you, mm. everyone just you do what you, you, you do what's you what feels right for you and everyone's welcome no matter what mm. and those labels and those tropes are taken away whereas like when we were younger it would be like uh punk band my band would have been a punk band your band would have been a female fronted punk band i i think we have definitely moved on and what's weird is that we were watching scream and uh, not scream scary movie mm. from 2000 at the weekend and oh my god the same thing there were there's <laughs> jokes in that that was like i remember watching this at what would have been 15, 16 at the time. Yeah. And just accepting that these sort of jokes, and now looking back at them going, that is not okay, that's really not cool, that's not okay, that's not okay. And they wouldn't wash now. No, no. And I think we have definitely moved on, but I think it can be shocking sometimes when you realise that there's still not everybody's... Like, MPF is a great shining example. Um, 
you know other promoters and, and gigs that are around are great examples but there are some and you you you, you can get shocked i think and not just sexism um just e- equality racism uh, uh, and you know all those sort of um uh, sort of things that you think oh we have moved on but i think we have to be really i think we have to be really careful that we were were you know calling out stuff and mm. and you know when we're seeing things that aren't quite right um you know say saying that because i i do think i have seen pockets of stuff where i've been like oh, oh okay all right we're yeah. not we're not as progressive um or actually some people who mean well who are um running gigs promoting gigs who are saying things um that maybe they mean well but actually what they're saying is really quite offensive and what they're saying showing me is that they've got ingrained um views about who i am because i'm a woman uh, yeah, yeah and yeah so i think it, it, it i do definitely think we've come on um, sure, and yeah. i think when you know in 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 the 2000s when i was 15 16 wanted to be in bands and people were quite open and said we want a bloke we want a guy who can do like screaming stuff and i'm like i can do screaming stuff and like no no we want a bloke and, and i <laughs> just yeah, think yeah, yeah. That, that kind of thing you maybe wouldn't wouldn't say that now I don't I'll, know. I'll be honest with you i did the exact same thing when i was in a band i i remember uh try having um a, a girl try out for bass and she was good she's a good bassist but we were like I was like, do I want a girl in the band? Is it no, the I vibe? don't really want a girl. Because it then becomes about it being a, a, a girl in the band, and you're like, mm, but that's I don't want stupid. That it was such a stupid but like thought process of mine because like it didn't matter. It but it's the pro- the product of the times, and you're looking back at um, what was okay then, <laughs> and especially if you look at films that are around, yeah. and that y- yeah, you 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 do realize well, music and stuff as well. Yeah. Like, but it, it it is great to see more um, diverse lineups. I love that. Sure. Um, the so, like um, Garlic Bread Club, a really good, uh, I think, promoter of diverse lineups. If you've ever been to any of their gigs or seen a never managed to get a ticket because they've always sold out by the time I can. They're so good. <laughs> get around to it, but which just shows how good they are. And and they're so if you're wanting to go and see something that is a bit different, a, a, a few times I've been and been like, I don't know anybody on this lineup. Yeah, and there's always been two or three absolutely incredible bands that you then go on to follow but the lineups are always so diverse and really challenging and oh right okay that's yeah mm-hmm. um so it is good to see more of that yeah i think, I think so I, th- I think the thing is though the more that things like that are represented in the scenes mean then that more people who are potentially great you know but don't know that they're great because they don't feel like they can do something because there's no one inspiring yeah. them I'm a white, straight white guy. There's a lot of inspiration for me out in the world, isn't there? Mm. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, if I was a gay guy or if I was trans or if I, anything that, um, you know, you th- that we're trying to build into the communities and make normal, if you will. Like, I don't like the word normal, but you know what I mean? Like, just being treated like it's like it's part of society rather than this nonsense that we get where we have to debate it all. Um, they'll go, oh, I can do that too. Mm. And more great art comes from it yeah and and as well i just think great as you say great art great music um not feeling that you have to have fit into a, a, a specific mold of how your band looks or how they present themselves or actually even the music as well i think it's it, it it's great for creativity mm. feel, you know you don't feel like you have to be a certain a certain way so yeah. no and that's you know kind of what we're striving for i guess it is <laughs> oh yeah don't don't watch 
don't watch scary movies. Well, yeah. don't, don't watch it because it's not funny as well. It really isn't. And then, <laughs> but then I was like, is it? Was it really this awful? I had to watch it all the way through just to check and went, yeah, it is. Yeah. Time for bed. <laughs> I, 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 I used to really. There's, there's the scene where the guy goes. Um, the news reporter's like, if you could say anything to the girl that got killed, what would you say? And he's like, run, bitch. Yeah. Like that bit used to make me laugh. But then I'm like, huh, it's not really funny anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just... But it's really not, though. And a lot of the stuff in it is really not okay. But um, a lot of homophobia in those yeah, films. Yeah, there, there was. Like, and it was it was normalised that you would, you know, be, be laughing at... Um, somebody who isn't of a straight orientation or it would be seen as to be the butt of a joke and that was very much that was one of the things that was a key thing and i was like oh my god how did they get away with this but it just makes you realize how times have moved on and you sort of not maybe not noticed as much until you look back and think wow that's that's not cool at all i know but it's it's good it's good that people you know i'd say people like me but like i mean it in the sense of like someone who grew up in that time gets checked still and mm. reminded of those things because it's it's unfortunately very easy to slip back in occasionally yeah i think it was thought of as being really really harmless and a friend of mine posted something about this which i can't fully remember which is just me all over but um as in my memory um but he posted something about this it was a couple of years ago saying that how harmful it is saying things like oh don't be gay or don't or that's gay or the uh, and that they said in jest and the things we've almost forgotten what they mean because it's just a phrase that people say yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was opposed to just say we need to stop th- those sort of things that are innocent enough comments that uh, are well-meaning but actually they are still perpetrating this view that homosexuality is something to be prodded fun at and i was yeah. like oh my god you're totally right and i've not really thought about it in that way yeah and um, that's so something i get reminded about which is good because yeah. you need to you need to like yeah, and I certainly amend that behaviour. I definitely think like coming out and watching bands and new musicians, and the age ranges are massive. Be, mm-hmm. You know, people there's people who are like late teens, early twenties, and then there's people who were you know sixties and up, and all everything in between. And listening to people who are of a younger, let's say, I found really really interesting. Mm. Their viewpoints or you know things to do it could be to do with music, or it could be to just be to do with people that you're chatting with about what they think is okay and isn't and you think actually i think this this does help you sound like i'm really old now it really helps <laughs> we, we you kind of are though it helps you um <laughs> it well i certainly see i suppose it makes me think about things that I maybe wouldn't have otherwise and then when i'm speaking to say old friends of mine who hang around with the same sort of age groups don't sort of go go out and meet people who are maybe younger or, d- or there's a diversity in because i mean a lot of the people who we meet through music, we might have nothing else in common, but you know the music. Um, uh, but yeah, doing that, I do sometimes see things, and it's like when you see your parents or something say something, you think, well, you can't say that anymore. <laughs> but I think it, hanging around with people for f- of a diverse backgrounds and ages helps. Yes, yeah. yeah, which is something that I found was because I I moved around a lot as a kid, so I moved to primarily uh, white countries like norway oh wow didn't meet like i lived in norway when i was a little kid oh, okay and i the um we had some uh bosnian re- i think they were from bosnia but I, I think there were bosnian refugees come over um because obviously there's the the conflict at yeah. the time and i remember the community being horrible to them and oh. the only per like uh, but i became friends with them because i even though i'm not 
like a different uh race or different well that different a culture to norway like yeah, i was you understood I, I was like i'm I'm, th- I'm sort of i don't this is a foreign land to me yeah so yeah. we became friends that way and that sort of made me very non-nationalist in general like i mm. i hate the idea i hate nationalism and pride in a country that your mother just gave birth to you and i just i find the whole thing incredibly weird yeah um I, I, but I know a lot of people are proud to be British or proud to be English or, you know, and oh, I, I'm just I'm like... I'm sure there's that many of them at the moment. Well, th- <laughs> well <laughs> after Lizzie died, there's quite a lot more than I thought. Oh, but what a, what a funeral. <laughs> it's a, it's a hell of a party, to be fair. Outrageous, <laughs> Mine's yeah. not going to be that good. I don't... Yeah, well... Yeah, no, it, and actually things like that do make you think, what the hell is this? Yeah. It's madness. But you, you you accept a lot of things, don't you? Go along with things, accept them and go, that's this is fine. Don't you? <laughs> but not being not being a, not not really meeting um cultural diversity until I moved back to Manchester at mm. the age of seventeen, eighteen. Like I'm kind of I feel a bit like robbed a little bit in the sense that like I wish I had that growing up. Because yeah. then I'd have a better understanding today than I do. And I, I you know I'm working on it, but it's still I I'm, think mistakes get made and it's Yeah, of course. You know, and, and and I think it's everyone's human being it's not about whether you make mistakes because you definitely will it's about how you sort of hold your hands up to stuff sure. and say oh you know what i i messed up there and um mm-hmm. i want to do better well like I'm constantly putting my foot in it and saying the wrong thing and i do think going out and seeing different music diverse lineup diverse bands going seeing bands that you don't know or purposefully seeking out bands that are a bit different really helps with it and yeah. it, ju- it just does and the people who go along to watch them will be uh, a little bit more diverse or maybe a little bit more diverse and it just opens you up to different people so that is a good way I think that you can you know help to yeah. grow as a human absolutely which I try <laughs> to do which I try to do I mean I've got now I've got now I've got a little girl I very much am like everything that your mother faced you will not I will make sure that you get the best because, and I will make one. sure that I try. But that's how I feel about yeah, it. Yeah, you know? I get it. Because yeah. you, you kind of, um, you know, I, I, as you learn about, I, I, as something like that happens, I guess um, you you obviously instantly change your thought process. But mm. it really makes you realize how much of a piece of dirt you've been at times in your life, I know, and you I'm look back and stuff. go, oh, I could have done a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> like just generally but, but so, you know what some people never have that sort of thought process so if you ever do then I suppose that's good yeah I guess I would say I would say I guess <laughs> we're trying to work that out but like I, the, the point of the the sort of like way that this conversation has gone I think is because one of the things that I've noticed a lot about um, the punk scene in general is the welcoming the inclusion and the absolute rejection of old-fashioned punk like yeah. so one of the strange i remember a friend of mine saying you see johnny rotten from the sex pistols he, he likes trump i mean kind of going yeah because he wants anarchy he's mm-hmm. anti-everything and do you you know do you not see the kind of do you not listen like a little bit to the there is there there is some questionable um phrasing and lyrics and stuff that that man's done in his time mm. you know um and there's anti-nowhere league and there's all these all those kind of you know bands that are getting right f- i remember uh descendants were coming over 
and someone put anti nowhere league is the support act for them and the bomb the, the the good bombardment of people saying not that yeah. no we're not doing that and they and you know promoter went yeah you're right change the lineup descendants found out who they were and went no not having that and i'm, I'm loving that that's kind of a, a through theme with like yeah. there's the scar against racism movement out in america um loads of brilliant things that are happening and it's a wonderful community to be a part of oh yeah definitely i think i i, I mean certainly from my experience that um, manchester punk scene was so welcoming that i really felt like i could be myself completely mm-hmm both as a person and also musically as well and I, I can't really remember having felt like that before so it was great and it, it was um and i'm sure there's other people who feel this as well where they it makes you want to create music and really do something that comes from from you uh if that makes sense so yeah, yeah. so yeah definitely see that and i see it in other uh, music scenes as well around the country and people who've met through bands who who you know played with or um with 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 Scott putting on bands as well, we get to see quite a few and meet a few of them through yeah, on yeah. hoop gigs, which are always quite diverse and different. Yeah, which is great because you just get to meet people from all around the world who love music like you do. Yeah, because he br- he brings like bands from all over the world almost. Like there's some Sp- he does. Spanish bands. Yeah, they were incredible. There was um, La Mando Julian. I've probably got that wrong. They they played uh, the Halloween gig had some great local bands as well but they were a band that were from spain that mm. had come over and they stayed with us and the stories that they had about where they'd been and i was like why do you, why have you come to stop <laughs> okay i mean do, before i before we carry on there's I nothing live, wrong with stop you know there's nothing but but why have you come all the way over from spain to do a gig here and they again were like we we do what's fun and they were brilliant right right they were great and at the end of their gig, I went, oh, this is, this was so much fun. I said, you know what? The way that you carried yourself, it was, it felt funny. It felt amusing. It felt light. I said, I wish I could have understood what you were saying. I said, oh, it's, um, actually, all our songs are quite dark. Uh, and they're all about, you know, things like the war and uh, how, you know, we wish certain political figures weren't here and what. But we just yeah. make it sound bright and funny. So it's, I was like, oh, well, maybe it's better I didn't make that. <laughs> Um, yeah, and he's got a couple of bands coming over from the Netherlands this yeah. weekend as well, and we're going to try and squeeze all of them in the house. So that oh, should be sweet. fun. Should be fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fit them in around the cats. Yeah, that just wedge your cat <laughs> in between. We've actually said seven's the limit, not the cat, the people. Oh. Like we've 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 put a because you know when people are staying, you're like, oh, they can have another one, have another one. I'm like seven is maximum. Uh, no more than seven. Is there a cat limit for you guys? It's now three. It's now three. But it, will there be more? Could there be more? Oh, we did have four. It's a very tragic story. Oh, no. I know. D- I, might, I might cry. Uh, we did <laughs> have four, but we uh, the we we tried to get two sets of two cats to get on, mm. and, yeah, it didn't, it didn't oh work. No. But one of them, re- he really wanted all of the stuff. He was, like, not happy. So Because of the... He was like, I just want to, look, the fact that you humans are here, I put up with. Any other cats, you can go and, yeah, he went he went crazy. But he's now living very happily with a family who don't have any other cats. So, yeah, I think three's okay. That's yeah. enough. <laughs> Although there's um one other cat.
cats strictly is really cute, friendly. He seems to be sort of enticing other cats to come in. I'm like, no, we got enough. <laughs> you can't have your friends around to play. <laughs> when I lived in Norway, I, we actually at one point, and I'm not joking, this is not an exaggeration, I have photographic evidence, there was 13 cats at our house once. What were you so, thinking? Well, the problem was <laughs> that we had, um, we thought from the litter that we originally got, so we got two cats, and yeah. we thought we had two girls. Turns out oh we had no. a boy and a girl. But how long did it take you to figure that out? Um, like, There's another cat well, here. What? Wait a minute. Where's this other little one come we, from? We, we, oh, we, hang on. We figured Wait. it out when the first one got <laughs> pregnant, right? right so okay. then we were like, oh my God, this is this means dealing with. So we, for some weird reason though, we just we just did the bloke we didn't with the boy cat we didn't like oh, spay the, the girl amateur hour so she got so she got again. pregnant by one uh, when one of her kittens got old enough to oh uh, no have kid. yeah I know oh but god the, the cats. it's like Coronation Street I don't know EastEnders are concerned Catonation Street no that didn't work um and <laughs> sorry and um I'm trying it. to think of, I'm I trying to think I would watch that actually Emmerdale no it's not I think it's an EastEnders yeah. plot. It's dark, it's, that isn't it? It's a bit dark. Yeah. But then, the, but the thing was, me and my brother would refuse to let my parents get rid of the litters. Oh yeah, of course. So that's where we, we ended up with them. But the uh, male cat who started it all, yeah, he, he went feral. I bet he did. He was. He like, went I proper feral. He was, he, he was a proper deadbeat dad. He just sort of like up and left, and then, um, uh, but he would, the cat would randomly appear every now and then, like, and he would meow out front. We'd let him in and feed him. But if any of the other cats were anywhere near, he'd go psychotic, like proper, like claw at everyone and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So we used to just try and keep him away. But we wouldn't, we, he'd disappear for like four or five months. And then he'd be like, I'm Oh, dad's back out. Yeah. He's like, I'm going, I'm going <laughs> buying some cigarettes. And some <laughs> and right back. And then he never turned, he never came back. <laughs> ruined, ruined some perfectly good lives. <laughs> it's an age-old story, isn't it? But they all went. They they all genuinely. They did. Like, they went to a farm to they, get looked they after. Set up they set their own farm. Genuinely went to a farm. Yeah, they set up <laughs> their own farm. <laughs> their own colony. Go fund me. Off the coast of Oslo. Set up their own farm. It's a B and B now. <laughs> Go and stay. <laughs> get looked after by cats. <laughs> Just a quick deposit and. <laughs> there was oh yeah, uh, <laughs> it took me a minute. <laughs> no, <laughs> but uh, there was actually a f we actually took them to a farm. So it was not like you know that thing that parents stay when the cat the animal dies. They went to a farm to. Oh right. These but guys actually did. They actually did. Did they? Yeah. I just have you check that? No, we we dropped them off. We dropped them off oh, when we because when oh, we moved okay. back to Britain, right. we couldn't we bring couldn't bring them, them with us. Okay. So that makes sense. They that went, story they went checks to a out. Cattery or a cat or some sort of it was it was like a farm with a, that actually was a functioning farm that also had like an area for cats and dogs and you know wayward animals and stuff so yeah. we left them in there so Aww. end of story that's mm. a, it's happy in the end it is but i've never i've never really wanted a cat since i can imagine that having 13 in one go has probably just made you go i've done that yeah. that's fine <laughs> i'm full now <laughs> so, that's okay and for I've, me and i've never i've wa do. i've wanted a dog I nearly did. I nearly did made the mistake of getting a COVID dog. Ooh, tempting. And uh, but then went after COVID. What happens? Because <laughs> yeah. then you know, so I had a baby instead. Well, yeah. What? Well, there you go. <laughs> that <laughs> is. Mistakes were made. No, I'm joking. <laughs> that's probably um, easier to fit into your life than actually having a dog probably. that you then have to. If you had to go back in the office and stuff like that, yeah. take your dog in. Which you know, there. Yeah, <laughs> you made the right choice. Yeah, well, I, 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 
definitely have. I I've hope seen so. your daughter. Thank you. That's all her mum. Um, <laughs> so yeah, talk about. Let's go back to music a little bit. And uh, so, what are the plans now for the future for the for you guys? Like, obviously, you got the album that you're in the middle of film doing. Uh, are you done with gigs for the year now? Yes, purposefully want to have a break because I want to focus on getting the album finished. We've got some gigs booked for next year, and I think we need. I think you need space to be creative. Mm-hmm. I actually mm-hmm. think you need to be bored at some point to be creative. If you don't, if you're rushing around all the time, there's too much pressure, and you feel like you have to do stuff. That's not where creativity lives. Um, so we just decided for the last couple of months of the year. I mean, what well, the last month anyway in December because I'm on holiday and don't want to get COVID before it. So yeah. I've got like, and then it's Christmas and all that. So I said, why don't we just have a couple of months where we're not gigging? try and concentrate on that that's the plan mm. so writing some r- more songs recording an album and just want to be fresh and raring to go for for next year sweet and then it is it is it like just touring or sporadic gigs see what happens kind of thing or well, uh, so far we've not actually gone and sought out and been uh, directed where we want to play We've been we've been really lucky, and I think part of this is because we were asked to be on the lineup of NPF and other promoters have seen that and asked us to play stuff. So everything we've been doing has been sort of reactive, kind of that looks fun. Yeah, let's do that. That looks fun. Okay, let's do that. That doesn't look fun. Let's not go there. So this year, what I'd like us to do is be a bit more direct. Like, what do we want to do? And it is. It's got to be fun. Yeah. So I think doing some gigs that are a bit further afield. Some of them we've got booked in already some of them I'm still we're still sort of figuring that out I'm making sure that we're not I mean I would love to be going out and gigging every weekend but at the same time it's like the reality of life and that balance and also making sure you've got time to actually write new songs and still keep things feeling fresh and right, exciting yeah, yeah. so next year is going to be about being a bit more directional about where we want to play making sure it's still really good fun and writing some new stuff keeping that yeah. creativity and excitement alive with it because that's that's the thing so I, I remember with and it was very different but the, the big band that I was in before which actually but both our bass and guitar player w- were in it, it stopped being fun and it was like it, it, it needed some an injection of some freshness to it either some new music or new way of doing things and because of that it, it ended up killing it really for me so I think that's got to be a key focus is keeping the, the band fun Excellent, excellent. So, we normally finish with a few questions, but some of them are based on like music you've released and stuff. So, since you haven't really released anything, I've got to tweak them a bit. Okay. So you got to give them. So uh, we'll go with the f- my favorite my favorite one, which normally stumps people. So, I'm a uh, music producer and sorry, a concert promoter even, and I've got like unlimited cash, and I've also got the ability to bring people back from the dead. Okay. Uh, but I'm giving you the opportunity to book your dream gig. Smoking gives you big tits, of course, are on the lineup. But what four of the bands would you pick, and why? Oh my god, I'm so unprepared for this. I know. I do this. I completely do this. Oh, you should be listening to the podcast more. No, I'm joking. <laughs> See, I'm tempted just to pick bands that I think I really enjoy. But what might be good is actually just to pick bands that other people might really enjoy, and then we can watch us sandwiched in the middle. So sure, yeah. What does what does that look like? However you want it look. Sure. I'd gig. love to put some bands together actually. So 
I don't know. Have you ever heard of that Elvis fronted Nirvana? Melvanius. Yeah, I've never. Elvana, sorry. Just the just the the, the concept of it. I've seen them and they are tremendous. Are they good? Yeah. Oh, it sounds awful. So good. But it sounds so awful. I want to go and see it. So that's it works. what I'd like to pull together here. But I'm not sure. I mean, you might have to help me along. I'd like right. to. I'd like, and I suppose this is kind of. We we like to contrast things like. Have contrast between stuff to make it yeah, know, yeah. interesting. Okay. <laughs> I'd maybe um, maybe want to get some like you know nineties nineties boy bands together <laughs> with uh, I'm not sure some some I want metal and boy bands at the same like time. Sort of like the let's say Backstreet Boys and the Crash Mats have to get together and create. Some oh music. my god, yes, they're booked. <laughs> the Backstreet Mats. The Backstreet. The Backstreet Mats. The Backstreet Perfect. Mats are booked. Um, okay. <laughs> in fact, yeah, you know what? I'd like to bring back some some bands and then match them with local bands in the in the music scene. Let's do it. Um, do it. Let's book this gig. The Backstreet Mats. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might quite like to bring Elvis back and have him play with Bruise Control. Okay, that sounds like a really good one. Uh, they'd have to figure out how that would look, and they would have to do it. Yeah. And yeah. those those you know personalities you'd have to get on with it okay. and you'd have to do the do the set <laughs> i don't know what that would be called uh, el- <laughs> elf elf control elf control elf control <laughs> they could be a christmas in fact i want them to be a christmas themed band they have to do christmas covers uh i, I, I know i'm not gonna oh. I'm, I, just, I'm just gonna say christmas themed i don't fair, have it fair, they're fair. gonna have to work it out okay they could be like the diehard of um, music in the sense that it's a Christmas film, but it's not really a Christmas film, so they've oh, got like to it. work that out themselves. Uh, that, yeah. So, so the yes. those two, you're going to come yes. watch anyway, aren't you? Oh, I'm watching that. Yeah. Two more. Um, we got two more. Look, I just want No Doubt to play. They're just coming along on their own, okay? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. But, uh, they're allowed. And then we need one more um, me- mesh of who are we going to pick? Dolly Parton. <laughs> Um, my first thoughts were Snatch Game, but I don't. In fact, yeah, Dolly yeah. Parton and Snatch Game. Okay. So and what are we calling that though? <laughs> Snatch, Snatch Dolly. Snatch Dolly. Part of it will be that you they just run around trying to grab her <laughs> during the set. No, that's not allowed, is it? <laughs> no. Yeah, that's that's what I'd have. I'd say, look, cool. these are the bands. I've got to admit, She's this is not the dead, most is she? She's still alive, isn't she? I'm gonna find out. She's one of those borderline celebrities where you're like, has she died already? I'm going to find out. No, I think she's still alive. Uh, I do. She used to um, insist on sending faxes as a way of communicating, and I absolutely love that about her. Yeah, she's still alive. She, sorry, really? what, was, what did you just say? Sorry. She used to insist on sending faxes, <laughs> and I absolutely love that as a fact about her. <laughs> up until... If you, you Google Dolly Parton and faxes. Okay. It should come up. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's my lineup. That's a beautiful lineup. It's good, isn't it? Myri Cyrus has revealed oh yeah, so that Dolly Parton still uses a fax machine and doesn't use the phone. There you go. <laughs> Miley Cyrus says it. <laughs> it must be true. My favourite thing is there's a uh, a wrestler, an ex UFC fighter called Brock Lesnar, who uh, lives in. He's one of the most famous like fighting athletes in the world, okay. and he lives in a remote cabin in Minnesota, like way, 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 way up in the mountains. And if you want to, con- he doesn't give even his employer doesn't know his address. Incredible. Because he hates people and just wants to live on his own. He, he, he what a guy. Doing what he does, 
and uh, for work they have the number of a payphone that's a 20 minute uh, run from his house and he says I'll be running by this at this time and this time and this time for my three workouts in the day and if you want to ring me you better ring me at that time Otherwise, otherwise you don't. Get, otherwise you just don't get hold of me, and I'll see you at work on wh- whichever day I'm coming into work. Way to live, and that would really motivate you to go out running as yeah. well, wouldn't it? Oh, it m- massively, yeah. massively. But have you heard of actually? You, you've heard of Dollywood, right? Um, I think I have, but I don't know what it is now. You just it said is that. a Dolly Parton theme park. Yes, I have heard of it. I don't know where it is or much about it. It is in Tennessee. And it is uh, part of my um, bucket list. I mean, ideally, we'd have the gig there, and the tickets would ju- like for. Pi- I mean, tickets would be the be low. It'd be a low price. Um, they might be less than a tenner, I think, and we just get for that you get flown in. Oh, amazing! You get flown in. Should we give everyone tickets to the theme park and the water park as well? Um, yeah, that's part of it. Part of this, this is the greatest festival that I think's ever been it's booked not a right festival, now. It's just a gig. This that's gig. Just, that's oh. part. That's that's the thing is that we're, we're just like it's not a festival. Calm down, everybody. It's <laughs> just a gig. However, we are going to fly you into uh, Dollywood. Yeah, absolutely. N- across from Dollywood is the National Enquirer world. What's that? So you know what the National Enquirer is, right? Uh, I, I feel really ignorant to say no. No, no, no. I don't. don't feel ignorant because <laughs> it's like, it's like no. knowing. Uh, so the National Enquirer is um, like a. You ever seen Men in Black? Yes. Right. Do you remember there's a the, the newspapers that they read, which is garbage, is actually truth. Like it's all about alien. Like it's yeah. like Michael Jackson has a small head. Yeah. Why? And it's because he's an alien. Um. And it, they go, that's the truest news you'll find. It's that. So the National oh. Enquirer is like the actual. Um, uh, oh, you could have a great. Hol- you could make holiday of it if you wanted to. Then couldn't you? you yeah. Could yeah. Come to the gig. Go to the National Enquirer. Not sure what else is around. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's like hot celebrity gossip, but it's all fake. It's all made up. Brilliant. That's the best kind. But they have a theme park as well that's opposite Dollywood. Oh, wow. They have, and I'm not joking, the Princess Diana Final Moments ride. Oh, Where you what? get in a... I'm not kidding. You get into a simulator, and you are Princess Diana and no. Jodie Elfired. No, that's and it's not your real. and it's their last moments, and it's like you drive around and you look left and right, and there's like three D paparazzi chasing your car, and it ends. Do you get killed at the it, end? Yeah, it ends in the crash. I'd lo- I'd love that. It's <laughs> I'm like it's it's the most you actually get killed. It's the, the most end. horrifying like story like like story to hear like wow because it's it is it is you know whatever you think of the royal family I guess but like it, I think still think it's a bit tasteless to turn it into a ride. Somebody. <laughs> thought of that right pitched it to somebody with money and that person went yeah we're gonna do it they built it and then they built it it's like imagine this right you, you know the, the film the human centipede yes someone Not pitched that someone went in without a script or with maybe with a bit of a script listen guys a bit of a story i've got this idea it's my story and someone went <laughs> my god you genius <laughs> let's do it <laughs> here's the money but i just think the final moments princess diana ride is something else isn't it <laughs> that is awful <laughs> yep and I, 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 I just like when I found this out I was like I can't be real but there you go National Enquirer live theme park Jesus I really don't want to go but want to go at the same time there you go theme park in Tennessee turns Princess Diana death into a ride that is I'm going to need a bit of time to process <laughs> maybe a few weeks <laughs> 
Okay, uh, another question then. Uh, if you could take a national tragedy incident into a ride, which would you pick now? Um, so I've got a five. <laughs> I've got a top five. I've got a top five. <laughs> Start with now. Um, so if for you um, meeting someone, uh, like say you're in a pub or you're at a gig or whatever, and they get chatting to you and they discover you're in a band, um, which song do you think best describes your band of the songs that you've uh, let people hear so far live? good question a difficult one because i feel like we we go down lots of different paths um i'm gonna say at the moment i'd say he's not toadfish for neighbors and just because i feel like it is a mix of things that are a bit confusing and at the end you think why have you done that <laughs> and i think that is a good summary of how y- you possibly feel at the end of a gig. So sure. Yeah. But I think, yeah, that I- if you listen to, say, Maggie, and then you listen to um, Barry, Slash It's Barry, then they're both very different. Yeah. You know, one is a bit daft and one is well actually one is slightly daft and put but it's still making a political statement it's about a point being annoyed at something makes sense yeah so <laughs> so yeah I, I i think that he's not so official neighbors for that reason just for how it leaves you feeling awesome and uh the final question of all the interactions and groups that you've um played with or been part of and you know festivals gigs etc uh what have been some of your highlights and proudest achievements so far Highlights and proudest achievements. Just actually going out and doing it, and every time we play a gig, I still feel so excited and so proud that we've kind of done this and we've written songs and we're playing. And um, so that that's and that's partly why I want to focus on what we're focusing on next year. Like, don't ever want that. Don't that can't stop. When that stops, it stops being. It, it reflects in the music. And uh, highlights have definitely got to be MPS because it was such a long time coming, but also it was an incredible gig to play. Yeah. Supporting the Remandos at the Salty Dog was a huge highlight because, uh, honestly, I was listening to a sound check and I was crying, <laughs> going, I can't believe they're here. She's <laughs> just like, oh, oh okay. It's <laughs> a little bit awkward. Um, but that was a great gig as well and, a, and a, an amazing audience hmm. and I think we've been really lucky with the gigs we've had I've not had any gig where I've gone oh my god why did we play this I don't want to play here oh, you're, you're so lucky I bet anyone listening to this in a band is just like jealous well, <laughs> some might say that's opinion as well we did play a gig not too long ago I'm not going to say where it is but the o- another band that were playing with us said that they would never play there ever again okay. and w- the rest of my band stayed on drinking, watching um, a man chase someone out of the pub with a stapler, saying that he was going to staple his eyes shut. So maybe, <laughs> maybe <laughs> it's our standards about what's fun and what isn't. I mean, that sounds like, a yeah, bit fun. that's fine. <laughs> um, apparently, the other guy had a had a miniature axe. Anyway, okay. So that's fine. Nice. Um, Punk baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's quite unusual, but that yeah. did happen, and I, I was. Go home. I was like, I'm gonna go home. Everyone, you carry on. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> so yeah, I think 
the it, it we can really look at the diversity of gigs that we played and I know that sounds really naff, doesn't it? But it, it is just getting out and playing has been the the highlights and there's the the standout ones of MPF and support and everything else. Yeah. But nothing no answer staff like that. Like it's because this is your baby, your project. Yeah. And what makes you happy isn't something I learned from being in a band what makes me happy shouldn't be weighed up against other people's yeah. um, successes uh, failures opportunities any of that stuff like yeah. the thing that will keep a band going is this incredibly positive light that you guys seem to have as a band and the yeah. idea of the project so that's you know and it, it, believe me it comes through in the music it's one of the most enjoyable bands I've seen live like I said you were my highlight of MPF I'm really excited to hear your, your album when it comes out. Really excited to come see you guys do some gigs in the new year because, like, you know, having a kid's kind of limited my ability to go to yeah, gigs. Get it. But yeah. I'm, you know, I can't wait to do it next year when she's a bit older. She could be with grandma and grandpa over a bit longer. Bring her along. I, you know what? <laughs> Genuinely, I'm going to do because um, we've got. I don't know if you know me, Charlotte, Corey, and Joe Tilson, and a few other people from bands. Uh, Danny Rascal from uh, Faintest Idea as well. We've all got girls. Oh, right. And they're all born roughly like within six months to a year of each other. Are you going to set them up in a band? They're in a band, together? yeah. Wow. They, they, already, they don't. They, they, they already don't. Know don't. Yet. Well, the four of us have already made this plan for the kids. <laughs> Who's playing what? Though? Well, we know that that yet. we're still working that one out as okay. well. Like, I think I think mine will end up playing guitar because that's what I play. So I okay, can't really teach her anything else. To, uh, yeah. well, I can't teach her anything else. So she needs to do another instrument, which she completely do. She can do whichever instrument she wants. She'll have to learn that. Out on her own. Like, she'll have to go figure that one out on her own. But <laughs> I, I can help with your guitar. Do we know what the band's called? We No, we haven't. We're trying to come up with something as well, because we're, we're obviously with them three being in a ska band, and my band was kind of a ska band as well, okay. we're probably going to go down those routes and stuff, but we'll figure it out. They're going to rebel and be in... What, what music do you hate? Oh, um... <laughs> Country and Western. Love country music. Oh, come on, you've got to... I know, it, this is this is a difficult one because... If, if you can find a genre that you all hate, that's the band uh, that they're yeah. going to do. They're going to rebel and be, I don't know, trance music or something. Oh, trance isn't too bad. Um, maybe they can't. How, how They'll find something. How so difficult for them not to be able to find something like you hate. My little and loves, um, like death metal and stuff like that i was playing different songs Incredible. music at her to see what she reacts to and i played some very early bring me the horizon to her and she was just like beaming at me i've got a video of it which i'll show you in a sec That's brilliant. and i was just like huh and i've played more stuff like that and she just seems to beam up whenever it's really heavy and really screamy i think that's what you're gonna so you're gonna find them. but death my metal band my boss was like she'll rebel and listen to michael bolton and stuff like that you know and i'm like <laughs> fine i like michael bolton <laughs> that's fine like as I've gotten older, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I've really started to appreciate stuff like that. I've not got to Michael Bolton yet, but no. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming Believe for me. me. It's coming to get you. Okay, Bolton's going to get you. Get you. <laughs> uh, seriously, Helen, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm glad we got there as well. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's been really good fun. Cool, mate. So that was Helen from Smoking Gives You Big Tits. A massive thank you to Helen for coming on the podcast. And of course, as always to you for listening to the show, please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify Podcasts, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud. Share, like, subscribe, all that fun stuff really helps people find us. And we're growing slowly but surely. And that's down to you. So very much a huge thank you for that. If you do like the podcast and you're not doing it already, please follow us on social medias at Podpunk Podcast on Facebook and Instagram or Pod underscore Punk on Twitter. Let people know that we're here. 
share it and yeah let people uh as i keep saying let people know we're here i uh, appreciate it thank you very much for listening and i'll catch you up next time